Lesson 57. Hi, this is Scott. I just created a brand new online course at Udemy called Photoshop 101 and I'd like to take a moment to tell you a little bit about the course, plus tell you how you can take advantage of a special offer just for subscribers and app owners interested in enrolling in the course. I designed this course specifically for those students with little or no experience in Adobe Photoshop who wish to become proficient in the program in a relatively short time. Beginning with simple, easy-to-follow video tutorials and supplied images, students will immediately find themselves engaged in the course, creating composite images while becoming familiar with the tools. Through continued practice and usage, students eventually move on to creating their own original artworks by utilizing their new skills with their own images. By the end of the course, students will be able to tackle most digital imaging situations with confidence, efficiency, and creativity. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I'm offering the course to Photography 101 subscribers and app owners for a limited time at a special discount. You can enroll in the course for only $15, which is $10 off the regular price. If you like the way I've hosted this show, then you'll most likely like taking this course. You can also preview the course before deciding whether or not you want to enroll in it, so you have nothing to lose and $10 to gain if you decide to enroll. Not to mention that you'll gain proficiency in Adobe Photoshop. If you decide you want to enroll and take advantage of this discount, just go to scottwittenberg.com and click on the link. App owners will find the link in the episode links directory for this episode. You can then preview the course and unlock it if you decide to enroll. Thanks so much for taking a moment to check out Photoshop 101, and I hope to see you there soon. Hello again. I know it's been a while since I've posted a new lesson, but we've had some health issues, plus I've spent any extra time I've had on my new Photoshop 101 online course. Now everything's good again, and we're ready to go. You may or may not know it yet, but there's a revolution going on all around the globe, and it's not the sort that results in political chaos, violence, or social injustice. Nope, it's anything but the above, although it may be causing some tension between digital photographers and the proponents of this revolution. The revolution I'm speaking of is Lomography. All you have to do is Google Lomography to discover just how popular this revolution is as you see page after page of references to this analog photographic craze. As I mentioned in the last episode, you may or may not like the Lomographic movement, but either way it looks like it's here to stay. The theme of this podcast is to continue our adventure in Lomography, plus introduce you to the instant photography aspect of it. I mean seriously. Digital photography came along not so long ago and it looked like certain death to both Polaroid instant film and 35mm roll film cameras. I saw Polaroid's instant photography business go belly up and scores of camera stores either shut their doors for good or make the painful transition from photo lab to digital printing as film inventory and C41 processing dropped off like flies. I saw many labs and drugstores, Walmart and practically everywhere else, slowly drop out of sight to be replaced by digital printing kiosks and the like. To this old school photographer, I in fact thought all aspects of photosensitive film was doomed. But I thought wrong, and I couldn't be more pleased about it. I liken the resurgence of film photography to the vinyl LP craze that's also going on now, although to a considerably lesser degree. Contemporaries seem to be obsessed with the past, wondering what it's like to actually play records on a turntable instead of downloading MP3s from the internet. Does vinyl really sound better than digital recordings? Do I really want to hear pops and scratches while my songs are playing when I could get nice clean sound digitally without the flaws? And what about film? It costs more than digital and you even have to wait before you can see your pictures. Yet here we are. 
We seem to be in a retro phase right now where anything old is considered vintage and very cool. I'm not going to waste your time theorizing why this is happening, but I think it's safe to say that it's become a presence to be reckoned with, and baby boomers like myself not only love it, but we understand the attraction. I'll leave it at that. Anybody who's been following this podcast knows that I still teach black and white film photography to all of my level one students, and my reasoning behind this is that there's nothing quite like the magic of shooting film. Because these kids grew up with digital cameras and cell phones in their households, they're clueless to what it's like to shoot a roll of film. To have to take a shot and instead of viewing it immediately afterwards, have to wait to develop the film in chemicals and total darkness before they can see the results. And therein is where the magic lies. That feeling of anticipation, that waiting and wondering how their shots are going to look like, or if there's even any images at all. That's what film photography is all about. And even if the film is processed by somebody else, that anticipation is still there. So although many lamographers aren't processing their own film, they are buying film and film cameras up like there's no tomorrow. This is part of the attraction, that not knowing what you've got until you've been forced to wait for it. And then there's the quirkiness of the cameras themselves, the unpredictability of things like color shifts and saturation, focus or lack thereof, funky composition, light leaks, etc., etc. And then there are the latest add-ons and gadgets like fisheye lenses, color flash, multi-lens cameras, and so on. Film processing tricks like cross-processing slide film with negative film and vice versa, just to see what the colors look like. And of course, just plain using outdated film instead of fresh film to see what you can come up with. Which now brings us to instant photography. What's so special about taking a shot and having a print pop out that you can hold in your hand and put in your pocket? Polaroid was the 60's answer to instant gratification and it was incredibly popular for decades. Yet it eventually died out. When the Impossible Project bought an old Polaroid factory in the Netherlands and started remanufacturing instant film a few years after Polaroid hit the skids, I was both shocked and delighted. Now I could go back to my old Polaroid cameras and start using them again. The irony of it all is that Fuji has been making instant cameras for years and has never stopped. They even still make a couple of peel-apart films that can be used in old Polaroid cameras. But what has been lurking quietly in the background all this time has been their very own instant cameras, the Instax series cameras. And these babies are suddenly becoming Lamographer's newest toys. Here's an instant film system that is fun with impressive results that you don't have to pay a king's ransom to use. And you can even buy film for it at your local Walmart. How cool is that? Unlike its predecessor, Fuji Instax cameras have replaceable batteries instead of batteries that come in the film pack. This helps keep the cost of film down with each shot costing you about 75 cents each. Film packs give you 10 exposures per pack. I have a couple of camera models here to share with you. The Instax 200 wide format and the Instax Mini 7S series. The 200 series runs about 70 to 80 bucks and uses wide format film that produces a print that is a little larger than 3 by 4 inches. The Mini Instax is around $60 with a print that's credit card size at about 3 by 2 inches. Both cameras use film rated at ISO 800 that give you crisp, full-color prints in around 4 minutes at room temperature. As we take a look at the control panel of the 200 series, we see from top to bottom the LCD with film counter, the on-off power button, close-up or infinity focal distance lens setting, exposure compensation controls, and flash on-off button. Shutter speed range on this auto exposure camera is from 1 64th to 1 200th of second and the lens has a focal length of 95 millimeters. 
If a print comes out overexposed, you can lower the exposure a bit by choosing the Darken option or increase it with the Lighten option. The ability to turn the flash on or off comes in very handy and allows you to do some creative low light shooting. You can see the lens retract when you choose the close-up option, giving you a focal range of a bit less than a meter to three meters. The other setting range is from three meters to infinity. The camera is powered by four AA batteries and you can get quite a bit of life out of them. Changing film packs is a snap. You just pull out the old pack and pop in a new one, making sure to line up the yellow tabs. The next time you press the shutter release button, a dark slide will pop out and you're ready to shoot. Ditto with the mini Instax. What's cool about this little gem is that you power it on by simply pulling out on the lens. Although the 60mm lens has no close-up option, you can actually get closer to your subject than the 200 series with its minimum focal distance of 0.6 meters. The Mini has a single 160th second shutter speed. Another interesting feature of the Mini is this exposure guesstimator that is reminiscent of the old Polaroid cameras. You have a handy guide on the back and a dial on the top that you rotate accordingly to the following lighting scenarios. Clear, fine, cloudy slash shady, and darker indoors. There is no option to turn off the flash on this camera, however. The new Mini 8s come in a variety of colors in addition to black and white, including pink no less. Like the 200 series, the Mini is powered by four AA batteries. I've been a Polaroid shooter since the 60s, and as much as I love the fact that I can still get film from my arsenal of cameras, using the Fuji cameras in film is much more convenient and certainly a lot less expensive with regard to film price. I must say that I'm impressed with Fuji as an entity for still offering instant camera lamography for the masses to enjoy. If you've never dabbled in instant photography, I highly recommend that you give it a try. I can assure you that you'll be hooked in no time. These cameras tend to bring out the kid in all of us. Well, that's about it for this lesson. Until next time, goodbye. Mm -hmm.